Podcast, a production of GolfWithPuckLive.com. Now, let's join Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. another fine tune from uh, that uh, garage band gives us for free and i just had to use it today because that's right boys we're going to philly but also we have frank masako joining us again for the third time in three years frank welcome back to the crazy gpl podcast hey thanks can i go to philly too you are going to philly so you just be quiet okay <laughs> fine you invited me to be quiet <laughs> Some of us just went on a trip and can't afford to go to Philly, and some of us just some of us like Vigo just bought a house and can't go to Philly, and some of us just we can't go to Philly. I hear it's not cheap though either. Not cheap. I mean, people. I mean, hotel, everything, last minute planning. It is extremely expensive. Union. Yeah, it's twelve hundred dollar trip is what I'm hearing. I think charter is twelve. Uh, for yeah, charter ticket, hotel, car rental tickets, budgeting for some uh, beverages. <laughs> I think Tampa was cheaper than that. Well, yeah, but that's a that's a vacation destination. They want people down there. Well, they don't want people coming to Philly. None. They well, want unless they want to get roughed up. Yeah, I was gonna say it is Philly. You know. <laughs> okay. Well, whatever. Whatever. Well, thanks for joining us, Frank. How you been? Uh, fine, thanks. You're doing fine. But well, I'm, yeah, you know it's uh, it's playoff time. Got my game face on. Yes. Nice to have a week off so I can relax a little bit. Yes, but you then, know, I get wired. Well, <laughs> that's good. That's good that you get wired. We like we like hearing that side of you during the broadcasts. At least I do. And I was listening from the Dominican Republic to you guys this past weekend. How many times is he going to rub this in? Damn right I'm going to do it. (laughs) What are the beaches like there? Uh, The beaches? It was so fun. It was so good. So good. But I missed the best weekend of the year. That was the only thing. You did. Because I've always said that uh, regional weekend is my favorite weekend, bar none, of the year. Because you've got do or die hockey Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh... Well, it used to be you used to find it all on these regional channels all over the place. Now it's not quite the same with ESPN, but uh, and they've condensed it a little bit. It used to be some of the games used to be earlier in you know 11 a.m. on Saturday, and we get to really kind of see most of the games. But still, the best weekend of hockey, bar none, for the whole year. Uh, well, I no think, argument. I, I yeah. Think- I wasn't sure if this was up for a vote or, or not. Do whatever but. you want, because that, that's just how I feel. I just, I, it's my favorite weekend. And I missed it. Well, I mean, I think it's it's exciting because you have some of these nowadays. I mean, they're not even necessarily upsets as much because it seems like the uh, the entire field, anybody can pretty much beat anybody. You know, So it's a little bit more exciting than maybe it was a long time ago where you kind of felt like uh, the first round for some teams was just going to be a cakewalk. So it is a little more exciting, I think, these days. Definitely. Yeah, I think it used to be you'd have maybe like the top nine or ten that you would consider favorites, and then the bottom six would be total underdogs and whoever, you know, they, they were going to lose no matter what. But now I don't think you have that. I, I, I think you go down to at least 14 deep. I don't think we expected Denver to get blown out as bad as they did, but, um, uh, you know, I think out of the top 14, anybody can beat anybody now. Yeah, hey, that- you know what? Robert Morris was good. I, I just got to say that again. I don't know why. It, it just it, it does seem, you know, it was a 7-3 to three game. Um, they gave the Gophers a good game, and and I think that was important. Me, I, I, me being away and listening to you guys on the radio, you guys were praising, you know, Robert Morris a lot. But for me, I kept thinking, are these guys sugarcoating it? 
Or is it, or I just, you know, obviously I couldn't see the game. I was going off of you guys. I was hoping you guys weren't doing the, oh, they're better than we thought type of thing. But you're saying they were pretty good. And they did put hey, a good effort. It's a ratings month, baby. We had to keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you what. They were good. Hey, can I say, can I do a disclaimer first here? Yeah, go right ahead. Do whatever you want. Um, this, this, I have a difficult time doing, not difficult. I'm a little uncomfortable doing this show because I feel like, I, and I know this is true, everybody in the world hangs on my every word <laughs> from 6 o'clock Friday. Look at the ego now. <laughs> so I feel like everything I say I've already said once or twice or three times, and I feel like I should come up with fresh material. But, I mean, I don't even think, you know, anyway, no comic. Day. All right, so that's a little disclaimer here. Don't accuse me of repeating myself. But I do want to repeat myself on the Robert Morris thing. They were good. What blew me away was the fan reaction mm-hmm. when that team skated off the ice after they lost 7-3. to three. Okay. Every maroon and gold piece of clothing that was left in the stands, and there were a substantial number of people in there, after the Gophers skated off and Robert Morris went to greet their fans in the corner of the rink, and then the, the Colonials were leaving the rink, every Gopher fan that was left in the building was on their feet giving them a round of applause, a standing O, if you will, for the game they gave the Gophers. I, I'd never, I don't think I've ever seen that before. So that attests to how well they played and the good game I think that they gave Minnesota and I think that, that the Gophers needed because I did not want Minnesota to go into that championship game after a 10 nothing victory the night before. Okay, okay. Well, you know, it, it did, you know, the Robert Morris kept it close, you know, got out to 4 nothing, and then, you know, got to 4-2 to two, and then a little back and forth and, you know, the game was not, uh, not sewn up until very, very late, so... I think it kind of may have put a little scare into the boys when they were playing. What do you think, Viggs? Well, I think Robert Morris was kind of a one-line team, that uh, Weidel-Lynch combination. I I feel like if we had some time on ice statistics, they might have played 25-plus minutes at forward, and they kept the team in there because when they got chances, they converted. They got those goals. It was 5-3 tight um, until the empty netter, and then that last goal – kind of seeing eye shot that got through, but I, I thought they gave him a good game. I thought uh, Minnesota came out, was a, playing a little bit tense, and then the Condon goal kind of loosened them up a little bit, and they got in the flow, and they, they got the lead, and I think that was important because I think Wilcox was fighting the puck a little bit early, you know, some of those rebounds that he was giving up, um, and he obviously cleaned it up the next night, though. Hammy, your thoughts on the crowds this weekend? I heard quite a few people on Twitter and whatnot saying, oh, state of hockey doesn't look like it. Um, are the regionals ever really going to work at the X? Or do you think they should be going back to campuses? Well, I mean, I think it's just a matter of, uh, you know, a combination of things. Obviously, a lot of the fans, other than the local fans, they don't know who's going to be where. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that's a part of it. The pricing, you know, it, it always seems to be an issue when you get to the NCAAs. A lot of people seem to complain about the the prices of the tickets. And, I mean, I, I don't think... Well, some of know, the I mean, problems saw, with the prices of the tickets is that the prices at the regionals at the X are usually quite a bit more than all of the other regionals. Right. Well, and the other thing is, I mean, we've seen it in the past. I mean, when you saw, you know, a few years ago with the North Dakota-Minnesota matchup, I mean, even that wasn't you know, exactly a packed house by any means. So, I mean, it's, um, you know, I just think it's kind of the nature of the beast with the way that they kind of have things set up. And I don't know that going back to, you know, there, there's a lot of different ways you can look at this stuff. I mean, sometimes I feel like I wouldn't mind going back to that whole best of uh, three stuff that they had so long ago. I mean, you know, but then again, you know, sometimes the whole one and done scenario makes it a little more exciting. So, I mean, you can go both ways, you know. So the crowds were okay, but, you know, we moved on to Sunday, and, uh, you know, I was actually just arriving back, and I, I caught you guys in the first period, and I was listening on the radio. From what I heard from you guys, Frank, uh, the Gophers really stepped it up, and it sounds like may have played their best game of the season to this point. Uh, no question. They did. They okay. had, well, let's put it this way. I think they had their best weekend of the series. Okay. 
um, best, probably best complete game. But two things happened there. St. Cloud State that wasn't their best team on the ice. They, they had they were throttled back a little bit, and that's not to take anything away. I mean, I, I suppose it does take something away from the Gophers' performance, but it, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't that back and forth, back and forth ferocity yep. that we'd come to expect in a WCHA Final Five uh, or a Final Five championship game, where it was just you know just hell bent to get up and down the rink. Um, but on the other hand, I think the Gophers just took so much away from St. Cloud that they lost their starch. They they lost their will to live. Well, they did have the long game the night before where they did not play well for most of the game. I mean, what was that that third period? They had two or three shots and struggled mightily until they got to overtime, and then they finally started pouring it on. But it sounds like they brought that first three-period mentality from the Notre Dame game to the entire Minnesota game because, like you said, they weren't getting many chances. No, they weren't. And, and the other thing is, that, I mean, but Minnesota didn't let, it have, didn't let them have the puck either. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they did a great job of defending. There's no question about it. But I, I don't think they quite got the pressure that uh, I expected them to get from St. Cloud State. Definitely. Definitely. Well, who cares? St. Cloud's gone. They're done. We're going to the Frozen Four. And who else is going to the Frozen Four? We've got BC. We've got Union. And we've got the Fighting Who. Yes, North Dakota, who were generously let into the tournament by Wisconsin beating Ohio State. Um, I'm not sure uh, how much they thanked them when they beat them <laughs> Friday night, but uh, uh, the Sioux are back in, in the Frozen Four again, uh, Vigo, and how did they do it this time? Uh, smoke and mirrors. <laughs> um, they, nice! Uh, they did not play a good game against Fair State, and they snuck out with a win. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch a ton of the other games because I was at Excel for much of the weekend. But mm-hmm. uh, the bits I saw, Fair State was in total control of that game, and, and Gothburg uh, kept him in it. And uh, this is not your typical North Dakota team. I, I don't see a lot of uh, big physical players. I don't think they play that tough game. I don't think you're going to see them go the first 10 minutes and try to intimidate their opponent because they can't. I don't, I don't think they're that kind of team. Um, they do have some skillful guys and some speed. Um, so it could be an interesting game, but I think it's a great draw for the Gophers. On the other side of the bracket, Hammy, we've got BC back in the Frozen Four again. It seems like they're winning it every other year now. But they manhandled uh, Denver, Johnny Hockey, getting all the points. What do you have, five or six points that first game? And then they uh, had a little tougher game in the regional final, but they are also back, and uh, they're ready to go. Yeah, I mean, they've... Uh, you know, it's interesting because they lost, you know, what, three games in a um, yep. not quite in a row, but three games to Notre Dame out of four towards the end of the season. So, and it looked like, uh, you know, I didn't get the chance to watch, you know, that game, but uh, the UMass game, they, it seemed like that was, you know, a bit more of a struggle for them. Um, so it's not like they were exactly, you know, blowing their doors off. I think UMass actually even outshot them in that game. So, I mean, it, um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens on the other side because uh, I don't think it's going to be, you know, I think Union's going to give them a tougher go than probably, you know, a lot of people might expect. I mean, what does a Union have, like, how many games in a row have they won? You know, quite a few, I think. So um, I think it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge, and probably a lot of people would consider, you know, just by looking at the the name brands of the two teams. So, Frank, your thoughts on Union? This is their, what, their second Frozen Four in the last three years or something like that? I think, were, I think they were there a couple of years ago. Two, two years ago, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think so. When uh, uh, In the, um, yes. The Tampa um, one, I believe, wasn't it? Um, was it Tampa? Talked to Don Lucci about, uh, the, about the teams out east, and he said the team to watch, obviously, you know, BC, but beyond that is Union. He said mm-hmm. Union has got an incredibly good team. They're deep. They play a big man's game, and, and I don't mean you know Broad Street bully kind of stuff, but they you know they play big boy hockey, and um, so they're the, they would be the ones who I, that afternoon game could be just one heck of a hockey game because mm-hmm. the, the key seems to be with Boston College is if, to can, uh, contain uh, Johnny Goodshoes or Johnny <laughs> Hockey or whatever, you know. I mean, um, he had six points in their uh, six goals against. Denver is that right? That was yeah, a six-two so. win, right? Yeah. 
And then he got two points in the first two goals against Lowell. So he had he figured in their first eight goals at the region. Hey. Well, let's see. Let's take him out of the lineup, and maybe we got a chance to win this thing. But and, anyway, just if you can somewhat neutralize him, hold him to two points maybe in a game. Only Minnesota and uh, Notre Dame has held Johnny Gaudreau without a point this year, it seems like. he, That's, You know, when he got held pointless – here at Minnesota, he he went how many games? 20, 30, however many games it was. 30, 30 un- plus. Until 30 he months. went without a point. So, Right. Uh, obviously, I think the Gophers have the skill to shut him down. But, boy, the kid's a star. It might be tough. <laughs> might be tough. No question. But this these guys are playing so well defensively, and they got the goaltending. That, that's got a real good chance of doing it. I don't think he's going to freewheel like he would maybe against some other teams. I just think the Gophers are defensively too good, and their forwards are too fast coming back. I think that was the big thing in the last matchup with BC, is there is always back pressure every time BC tried to get in transition. Mm -hmm. And their defensemen just couldn't join the rush because there are so many forwards coming back that there was just no space for for anybody to get open. I think that was huge. I, I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the hallmarks of this team. It's they don't they don't have it's like they don't have three forwards and two defensemen. They have three forwards and three defensemen because there's always a forward coming back, at least one. All right, well, I'm 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 feeling good from what you guys are telling me. <laughs> you know what though? What we're sending you back to the Dominican Republic. Oh, bunch of jackbags! I swear, <laughs> jeez. <laughs> Hey, if you want to pay for that, that's great because I can't afford it. That's right. I'll bet there's enough people online right now. We could just start a, a pool. <laughs> We'd have you down there in a in steerage in a steamer. Uh, you, we'll send you with some oh, suntan lotion and, and uh, tequila, and you'll be happy. Okay, guys, we've got a few questions via Twitter. Remember, you can always just use the hashtag GPL Podcast, and we'll see your questions on Twitter. So. Send it to us. We'll put you on the air. We'll, we'll, we'll tell you. We'll do whatever we can to get you on. Um, we've got Chad wondering, guys, who is the most underrated gopher this season? Frank, who's the most underrated player? Why do you have the invited guest take on the toughest questions? Okay, I'll start then. I'll, I'll, start. No, I'll, I'll be more than happy. I, you know, I opinion. think Boyd has been. Yeah, that's what my answer was going to be as well. <laughs> I've, I talked about him earlier this season. I thought he was going to have a big breakout year, and I think he's done pretty damn good in his role. Go ahead, Hammy. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think that, you know, he certainly surprised me with his offensive production. I mean, we always knew that he was, you know, pretty defensively responsible player, and, you know, he, you know, he always had the ability. But, uh, you know, I think he came in, you know, he played his entire freshman year as an 18-year-old. I mean, he was young coming in he was basically a high school senior playing college hockey so I mean um but the way that he's kind of progressed offensively you know and started to contribute on that end of the ice and like I said he was always kind of a good uh you know two-way forward Um, so I think that you know out of all the players he's the one that surprised me the most this year okay Frank now's your turn thank you (laughs) Uh, for those who listen to uh, go for hockey from six o'clock on Friday night until midnight on Saturday They'd know that Travis Boyd is not underrated. I think we've sung his praises quite a bit. I definitely would hang the 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 uh, the, the nameplate on him of most improved player. Okay, no question. Um, he's just been remarkably improved and and a factor. And um, if he's um, well, I guess there's not going to be much room up on the first or second lines even next year, will there be? But um, <laughs> I think he's become you know. He, in relative terms, he's become a really good second-line uh, center iceman. He's he's really good. Now, in terms of maybe people that we haven't talked about, if that's what underrated is, I don't know, um, maybe Justin Hall. Is he playing a little bit in, in the shadow of Brady Shea? But, boy, what a tandem choice. they make. Not a bad choice at all. It's, you know, after you know last year he was you know, kind of thrown up at forward and defense all over the place. He's kind of come back, and he's definitely been very solid. You know, We don't hear – uh, him making any big mistakes like we right. may have seen in the past. So I, I, that's a pretty good choice, I think. What do you think, Viggs? Who's an underrated player? Well, I think if you, you know, are looking for a guy who's underrated, I'm going to go with Connor Riley. I think he 
transitioned that fourth line role and has made them a dangerous line where Lucia can roll four. I think he kind of brings the the straw to that drink and uh, has added a lot to this team this year. You know, he kind of disappeared from people's radar, I think, when he was the top-rated recruit coming in last year and then lost the year to injury. And uh, he's just played phenomenal. He can, he can hop on the power play if they need him, and you know, he does a lot of things for that fourth line. Every once in a while he'll come out and throw three, four hits in a shift and, and bring some energy, and he can still get the goals. All right, guys, another Twitter question. This one's hey, just – Can I ask one? Oh, wait, go ahead. As long as we're on the same topic here. Okay. We're not running out of time, are we? We can do whatever we want. It's my show. And we're not going to run out of. We're not going to run out of tape. Nope. <laughs> okay. Though we have had problems with recordings before, but that's okay. another story. Uh, I just want to stand this under um, underdog or under underrated thing. Uh, I know Justin Clues has 14 goals now, but he's only a freshman. And the national picture is he underrated? Mm. I mean, would you? I'm not. I'm not saying most underrated on the Gopher team. Would you consider him an underrated player? Uh, he didn't even make the freshman team for the Big Ten, did he? No. I think he was an honorable mention, wasn't he? Not for freshman, but overall. But no, no, I don't. I don't think he was. Pressure. I, I remember his name being a little bit absent. No, he, yeah, he didn't. He wasn't on the all rookie team. I, I, he, it was. It came down. I don't remember who it was, but it came Comfort down to pretty much. Yeah. Fashing. Comfort and fashion, I understood, but there was another player. I don't remember who it was for, but I, you know, Clues had a really good argument. I mean, he actually had more, um, you know, I think he had more points in the league play than Hudson Fashing did. And I mean, I, I don't know, I, Clues to me, you know, he's been. I, I knew he was going to be a scorer, and but I didn't really think that he was going to be quite as dynamic as he's been. Um, you know, that certainly that extra year in the USHL did wonders for him. Um, so, you know, we got to thank Bukestad, you know, in an inadvertent way for staying that extra year. Cause that certainly helped with, uh, clues development. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think that part of the problem is that the whole gopher freshman class has been such a contributor to the, you know, to what they've done this year that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's a little bit more challenging to single out just one of them because they've all, I mean, when you guys, got 20, you know, three freshmen with 25 points or more. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good freshman year, you know, for most people, for most guys. So um, it's kind of hard to single out one guy, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. He's definitely been great on, you know, on the second line. Well, weren't they by far the top freshman scoring class in the country? I mean, they have way more points than any other class. Isn't that true? I feel like BC's is kind of close with those. Okay. I think as far as goals scored, they might be the top two. I know they're the top, I think. I remember reading that somewhere, but. I don't know hey, how somebody, you know, anybody else. Somebody who's listening is going to have a uh, a free monitor or a free pair of hands to go to uh, College Hockey Inc. Mm-hmm. What is it? .com or .org? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can get a breakout there on their stats page on okay. uh, freshman scoring. That'll probably be Minnesota State of Hockey. He's always doing that kind of stuff. He's, probably <laughs> he's, listening. he's listening live. He's probably listening. He'll probably do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim Hapke has a question just for you, Frank. He wants to know, what is your favorite road arena to call a game? In the, nah. in the, in, I mean, in history, since you've been doing gopher hockey, what's your favorite road arena? Oh. Um... I, I, Sullivan best. Arena. <laughs> <laughs> Not. <laughs> Not. Oh, dear. The mountains are gorgeous. Have you heard? Uh, yeah. The mountains are gorgeous. <laughs> um, yeah, best arena atmosphere, back when they used to put people in the in the building, fannies in the seats, was the Kohl Center. Okay. By far. Uh, best arena atmosphere. Um, pretty good broadcast location there. I tell you what I really fell in love with was Penn State this year. That's a fun place to go for hockey. It did look like a very nice place. Yes. I, I really like how they did their students, too. They kept them close and just went steep, you know, straight up right. the back of the arena, just, just so the students could be right on top. And, you know, it seems like every arena allows the students on the glass, except for Mariucci, which is just the dumbest thing ever. I, I, I enjoy when kids are on the glass. Let them pound the glass. They're not going to break it. Let them have some fun. It seems like Mariucci is the only goody two-shoe place that doesn't allow the students on the glass. But that's just Well, you got that moat there. You can't. Uh, they can do something. 
they could do something. They some... could figure something out. Come on. Boy, that sounds like I a mean, right these kids thing lean over on the glass. They, they lean over problem. to just touch the glass. The security guys are all over them. Those guys um, in yellow, bad people. Yoast has the history, but it's not a good broadcast location. It's just You're just too close and too steep. Um, that's not a real fun place to do it. Um, you know, Denver was nice, uh, but kind of corporate and all. Terrible to watch on TV, though. Oh, oh shadows. you talk about dark shadows. I mean, holy oh, smokes. That's like by far out of all the rinks I've ever seen hockey games on. That's been the worst to see on TV. Ugh. It's amazing. You know, if you're sitting there, you don't your eye doesn't notice it because your eye adjusts faster than a yep a, a camera can. But uh, um, yeah, that that's a horrid place. Um, and uh, you know what? I think I'll, you know, I only did two games out of Amsoil, so I'm not really sure what was going on up there. St. Cloud had great atmosphere, but terrible press facility. <laughs> that's <laughs> because you had people literally right in front of you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I you know I always kind of like Mankato for some reason, especially oh, yes. especially in their well maybe not they're much they're old but they're, when they updated and did little, some little press areas, it's it's you're close you're right in the middle and I think it works pretty good. They have something that no other arena in the country has What's that? on the concourse. White Castle sliders in one corner, <laughs> scotch in the other. I mean, what a combination! You got the eyebrow. You got it all right there, baby. And then you got ole, 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 ole. Yep. Oh, man, I hate that. I hope they have a bathroom between those two things, man. There's not many bathrooms. Oh, God. It, the bathrooms on the end. Have, and booze. Oh, yeah. man. There's sometimes a long line. Trust me. Um, state of hockey, just like you said, Minnesota State of Hockey. BC has more points. Gophers have most goals. Yeah, I figured it was something like I knew he'd take care of it. Yeah, well, he's always, Good on, job. Top of, he's always on Good top job. of things. Always yeah, on but, top of things. We had to prompt him, though. Uh, we, well, he should have just had that. Should have just had that answer right available right away. Yeah, no, who cares? I, mean, I can't sit there and type and think and do all this stuff at one time. It's just too much for me. Oh, what can I do? So, uh, what else we got? Another question. Oh yeah, well, he, well, boy. Mark Erickson wants to know: We score more with Brodzinski in the lineup. Does he really affect the team's offense much, or is it coincidence? What do you think, Viggs? Well, I think he's definitely got more skill than some of the guys who get scratched when he's in the lineup. Uh, he's got a great shot, and he's got the mobility to move laterally and get pucks to the net. I think that's kind of one of the unique skills that he brings to the lineup. So it could be coincidence, but he definitely adds offense. Boy, one thing I've noticed on Twitter is that his dad likes to talk a lot on Twitter. <laughs> and he likes to tweet at you know, at GPL and at other places, boy, that, that, you know, when Brodzinski was injured and they thought he was coming back, he was publicly saying that, you know, he wasn't happy that he wasn't in the lineup that led him like, dude, sometimes you just got to be a little quieter because, because uh, he's, he's quite vocal on Twitter, I should say. Well, I know that uh, a couple of years ago he got in a little bit of trouble. I think at uh, the playoff game for Blaine. So uh, he's—I don't think he's the quiet type. So he's—he's—he's <laughs> a, he's, he's a proud father, obviously. So that which is understandable. But you know, he's, he's got two kids that could play some puck. So yeah, no, more on the way. And yeah, and he shared one. a pretty nice picture of those two kids over the weekend. That, uh, that but, was a phenomenal know, photo, actually. Yeah, that little man hug there between the two of them was great. Okay, well, we, oh, Erickson, Mark Erickson, more questions. Blah, 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 blah. I thought we were well equipped to shut down a one line team. Then Robert Morris, top line, scored easily. Bad omen for the BC game, guys. Can we shut down no. those one lines? Because, you know, Robert Morris's, you know, top line was pretty <laughs> successful. What do you think, Cammy? Well, I mean, uh, I don't like to read too much into any one performance i think that sometimes you know it's just a matter of circumstances i think that they've done a good job all year i mean when you're the what the what second or third ranked uh, defensive team in the country i mean it's kind of hard to really complain yeah. about any of that kind of stuff i you know going back to that st cloud game i'm um you know i mean st cloud wasn't exactly playing on top of their game you know the last i mean they lost those two to miami and you know i think that they were pretty well dominated by notre dame you know that could have easily been a notre dame win um, so I, I'm a little bit 
yeah, we played great against them. Kind of like Frank said, you know, it, um, you don't want to take anything away from our performance. And I, I certainly didn't expect us to be as thorough in that victory as we were. Um, but, you know, I think a little bit of that was just that St. Cloud was probably a little out of gas, number one. And number two, I don't think they were playing as well as maybe they had earlier in the year because, uh, you know, we I did not expect at all that kind of a dominating performance, you know, in the region final. So, But I'm not concerned about the the defense for me. That's not really the concern at all with Wilcox there. And uh, I think that, um, you know, we've got a pretty mobile group. The only time I have ever get concerned is when they're not moving the puck quickly enough um, out of our own zone and doing it smartly. But if they play like they did against St. Cloud and, you know, that, that they're going to be in really good shape. So we'll see how it goes. What do you think, Vegas? One line scare you from like uh, BC or even uh, North Dakota? I don't think it's the one line that makes the difference. I really think it's how dialed in is Wilcox. Um, he's admitted a couple times that he, you know, wasn't focusing on his rebound control, and he cleaned it up the next night. And he kind of had that issue on Saturday. He cleaned it up Sunday. I would have a hard time believing that he won't be focused going into a Frozen Four. Because um, he's been the difference this year for this team compared to years past. Is when they need a big save, he's been able to make them. Um, so I I wouldn't worry about one line. Frank, one thing that I've been kind of concerned about it seems like you know the scoring's been spread out throughout the whole year, but <laughs> it seems like we don't have somebody to go to when you need that big goal, that that separating goal, that goal that you know breaks the tie. There's not that one guy. Does that concern you at all for the Gophers? Um, not anymore. Not at anymore? Least I'm, at least I'm not going to let it because they're really, they, they haven't shown. Uh, all right. There've been a couple of games where they haven't shot enough and, and got, mm-hmm. uh, when that's been their offensive problem, when they haven't been offensive enough, you know what I'm saying? But if they just know that they can shoot and if they keep their passes short, I'm not so worried about that because there's just, there's just too many guys in there that, that are weapons. Um, sure, you want somebody who can be a backbreaker, but um, maybe it's might be better to have three guys who are knuckle breakers, and you know, and just go in there and you know, pick you apart in little bits and pieces, and then all of a sudden you're destroyed. I, that's you know, maybe a goofy analogy and all, but yeah. So at this point in the season, no, I'm not going to worry about it because this this lineup with this makeup has carried the mail pretty damn well, and I. As long as they can get somebody to an open spot on the ice, doesn't matter who it is, they'll find them. Well, I think part of it, it's this the product. It's a product of guys that are good puck movers. You know that you just don't have the one guy who's constantly shooting the puck. You know, kind of like that Bukestad. I mean, you know, let's face it, we had Bukestad. You know, how uh, I mean, the, from a top end talent perspective, you know, we probably had a better team last year but they lose in the first round and I sometimes think that we overanalyze you know when we get to this time of the year you know oh do we have enough of this or enough of that or whatever and the reality is is that it's a team game and it's about how the team performs together as a unit and I think that what you see this year I mean like it's like that's third goal against St. Cloud you know the puck movement on that was great you know and I think that um, what you see is you have a lot of guys that know what to do with the puck and they know how to hit the open man and, and they just don't rely on, you know, feeding the one-timer to Bukestad on the one side on the power player or going the one-timer with Schmidt, you know, from the blue line on the power player or whatever. They have guys that, you know, I think it's a little bit more spread out and I don't think that that's a bad thing that you're – because you can't really necessarily key on one – guy to stop and and it makes it much more difficult to defend right well you mentioned that third goal you know against st cloud sunday but you know it was very pretty great setup but i think that's one of the areas where there has been some frustration there they got all these playmakers they're trying to make that nice play and uh like on a power play and like hey guys you you still got to get the puck to the net and and there are times where i think that that has hurt them when they're trying to make that pretty play instead of just hey we need a goal Get it on net. You know, you got teams like when we were playing like a Wisconsin or, or even the Ohio State game that uh, I, it seems like they were just trying to get the pretty play. And it's like, just get the damn puck on net. Well, we I got mean, greasy guys down there that could put the puck away. And it seems like it, it, it has cost them at times, especially at the, at the end of the season when their scoring was down quite a bit. Well, I think that that they did work, it sounded like, quite a bit after that Ohio State loss on, you know, kind of – 
getting to the net, you know, and kind of getting some of those uglier goals. And I think that we saw some of the, you know, results because some of the goals that we did score this weekend weren't of that, you know, kind of tic-tac-toe variety. It's just that my point was simply that when you're, when you have guys that are really good at moving the puck, um, you're not necessarily going to rely on one guy because they're always going to be looking, you know, for each other and what's got, what guy has the best opportunity. It's not just a matter of, oh, who's got the best shot or, you know, like a, when we got a Bukestad out there, we better use this one timer. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a little extension to what you were saying. If you've got the one guy that you feel like you've got to get the puck to him, what happens if you can't? What right. if that passing lane is closed? What if you can't get, what if he's not catching pucks very well that night? See, that's kind of the flip side. Now you've got extra pressure to get it to him. Well, if that's not working, you might have you might have a bit of a problem. Whereas in the, the system and the setup that they have now is the, the deal is get it to get it to the guy who's open. Yeah. And generally the way they've been yeah. skating and the way they've been supporting each other, somebody's gonna be open. And I, to go off of that, that was probably what happened to them when they went to the frozen four in, in Tampa. You know, towards the end of the season, you know, they uh-huh. kind of squeezed by. But I remember you, me and Wally, after they lost 6-1, to one, whatever, to BC, the, the, one of the big topics we were talking about was, where was Bukestad? Because he had disappeared at the end of that season. And uh, they needed him, and he wasn't there. They weren't getting him the puck, or whatever it was. And uh, you guys are probably right. You know, it, maybe having this balance is is kind of alleviated some of those issues that can come up. Well, I mean, at this time of the year, I mean, these teams are good teams and their coaches aren't stupid. Obviously, they know what your strengths are. And if they know that, hey, we got to focus on this one particular guy a little bit more and give more attention because that really affects their offense, they're going to do that. You know, and and I, you know, when you see a team like the Gophers have this year, um, you know, you don't really have one guy. You can say, oh, we got to shut that guy down or we got to do that. You know what I mean? They just have that kind of depth now, you know, where it's just not one guy anymore. All right, boys. North Dakota. Haven't seen them. Everyone's complaining. You know, the Sioux, they're not our rival anymore. Blah, blah, blah. All the people bitching, whatever. You got not your... Not everybody's complaining. Well, a lot of... Well, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Form your own league. <laughs> Bunch of hose heads. <laughs> You know, I, I thought for sure if things if, – if the NCAA could have, they would have put, you know, North Dakota in our region. But with the way the numbers came out, they just couldn't. But uh, uh, I am looking forward to this. I would I want to just kick their ass and put Hackstall down so you got 50 other threads on Sioux Sports bitching about fire Hackstall again because I want to see it. I want to put them down. Big them, let's beat them 7-zip. Oh. Yeah, what? that's right. I'm what? calling it 7-zip. What kind of incense? We we are, we are gonna be there? we're gonna we're gonna make North Dakota a little bitch next Thursday. It's funny how you don't have to go out on the ice to actually do any yeah, of these I know, performance. I know. I'm just going with it. I'm just trying to have some fun here. <laughs> I wanna get Goon all riled up because, you know, Goon's little blog, he'll he'll get all moody. No, I mean I think it's going to be a good game. I think you know I people were talking about on GPL, of course. You know I don't think there's much of a doubt to to this point in the year, okay, that the Gophers have been the better team. I don't think there's a there aren't many statistical categories that we're not better than North Dakota, and we played I think a t- we played a tougher schedule at least by Cratch. I think you know mm-hmm. strength of schedule was much better, so you can't use that as an excuse for you know why the Gophers would have better numbers or whatever. So I don't think that. That's the question, but but Gothberg has kept them in so far. Well, I mean, that's what I'm about to say is that you know you, when you have these one and done scenarios, you can throw everything out that's happened to this point. None of that matters anymore. It's just a matter of how do you perform on that particular day, and we all know that you know it could be a goalie performance, it could be a bounce here or there, or maybe just an off day for a team, you know, and and it can be all over. So I do feel confident that if we play like we did. Uh, you know, against St. Cloud and St. Cloud showed to be a better team throughout the year than North Dakota. If we play that way against North Dakota, I feel pretty confident that we'll move on to the final, but you know, we still have to prove it. You know, it doesn't matter what's been done on paper to this point. So we'll see what happens. You know, Frank, I, uh, we, we say this every year, we make fun of the, you know, fighting Sue, Sue, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? 
ever since they've had Hackstall as a coach, that guy has got them to perform at the end of the year, and he's done it again. I um, It is so regular now that you've got to wonder if it's not just part – it's got to be part of his master plan. I don't know how he – I don't know how that the turnaround is so great. Uh, and in many of these years, there hasn't been a significant turnover in personnel. Mm-hmm. They just – he just doesn't put I, – I, I don't know that he puts the whip to them, but whatever it is, he doesn't get them throttled up until after Christmas. And it's just been year after year after year after year. And I, I got to think there's a method to his madness, if there's any madness at all. Um, he gets them ready for playoff hockey, and they're hungry. I, I just think it's part of the system. And you know, they, they needed some luck to get into the tournament, but you know what? They've made the most of it. And well, for be- sure. I mean, I, like I said, Wisconsin loses in, in overtime to, to Ohio State. North Dakota season's over. Yeah, but you know, just the way things go, and uh, uh, they snuck in, and that's all they needed. They, you know, they beat Wisconsin, they beat Fair State. Uh, you know, they may not have played well, but they're still there. They made it. And um, I, I don't, I forgot the numbers that I dug up. Um, they're like in the top eight or nine best records in a in the last fifteen game segment of the schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in the top eight or nine of the country. Gophers are in the top eight or nine of the country. There's there's no question that they're, um, you know, they're playoff ready to go right now. Um, I talked to a couple of St. Cloud uh, people. I'm just, I'll just say some, because I don't want to name names. They weren't, we weren't talking for for quotes or anything. Mm-hmm. But and they said, well, they they can be beaten. Um, we were, the, we being St. Cloud and North Dakota were close during the year as teams. Uh, St. Cloud. Hammy, as you mentioned, probably had the edge in a few categories over North Dakota during the year. Um, but the Husky people that I talked to said they, they can be beaten. You got to watch out for Grimaldi because he's no question an offensive we- weapon, and the goaltender's playing really well right now. Definitely. Gothberg, is, I, so I Gothberg the has gotten him there, I think. What's that? Gothberg has gotten him there. I mean, he's come up big when they have not played well and probably didn't deserve to win. I mean, like you were saying earlier, Hammy, you know. Fair State outplayed him the whole game. Gothberg kept him in it, and that's all he needed to do, and that's 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 key at this time of year. Vigo, what are your thoughts on the Sioux, the who, well, the no-names? We know they did enough in the second half to get in, but at the same point, you know, you look at their schedule, I didn't get a chance to see a lot of North Dakota games, but they lost to British Columbia. They tied at Bemidji. They lost at Denver. Uh, they lost at home to Omaha. Um, they lost at St. Cloud. They lost uh, home to Western Michigan. They were swept they, at home to St. Cloud as well. Yeah, earlier in the season. And then they had to go three games, close games, against CC, who's not very good this year. So this is an inconsistent team. You know, they've got some high-end talent. Grimaldi is electric. He's, he's fun to watch because those little guys, when they get going and he goes hard, you know, they're fun to watch. Um, but this is an inconsistent team, so... I think if Minnesota just plays one of their steady games like they did against St. Cloud where they don't make turnovers at either blue line and Wilcox is sharp, doesn't give up rebounds, I think they've got a great matchup here. I think one of their one of their best weapons, um, besides the two guys, the Grimaldi and, and uh, the goaltender we already mentioned, their next best weapons are going to be their will and their intensity. You know they're going to bring both of those. They always do. Yeah. Hack's quite the intense guy. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you know, but I think I, the, 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 I think actually for my the way that I look at it is when you have this kind of a rivalry game in the Frozen Four, to mean it, you're gonna have it's gonna be a good I know week and a half of preparation for this team. I you can't you know these guys know okay this is North Dakota, but not just that, but it's the Frozen Four, and to me, there's no better position to be in as a coach than to have that kind of scenario because you know that your guys are going to be dialed in and listening to what your game plan is. And I think that we kind of saw that's what happened after the you know Ohio State loss. They were dialed in, and I think that, especially on Saturday, and if they can replicate that kind of intensity from a gopher standpoint, I feel pretty good about you know what they can accomplish. Okay, boys, now the pressure's on. We're not going to do a podcast next week because there's no games being played. Hammy, predict the Frozen Four. What's going to happen? 
for each game you're talking about? Whatever. Just give me your prediction. Who's going to come out on top? Well, I don't know. <laughs> no pressure. I'm not. I don't. Well, it's not. It's, I don't like to. My belief is if the Gophers play the way that they can play, mm-hmm. okay, that they will win. But being that I'm the superstitious type, I don't like to say this is what's going to happen, especially at a Frozen Four, because to me that's just asking to be proven wrong. <laughs> so I am going to say I, that's. I'm going to couch my statement by saying if the Gophers play to their capabilities, I feel good about their chances, and that's what I'll predict. <laughs> if we play the way we hey, play, like, when we play it. <laughs> hey, it's like talking about a no-hitter. You just don't talk about it when the game's on. You okay. talk about it afterwards, and I'm not going to – I don't want to be the jinx. So Okay, okay. I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good about them, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Well, let's throw it over to you, Vigo. What do you think? Minnesota, I'm right? Not- All Minnesota. I'm not superstitious. I'm not on this team. I'm not going to go out there and play. Uh, so I can prognosticate at will. And I think the Gophers are one of the better teams I've seen coming out of Lucia's locker room in a long time. This this team is solid. They're steady. They're consistent. They've got good goaltending. They've got good depth. I think at the start of the year, the special teams were a little up and down. They seem more consistent. I know they, they're not setting the world on fire like they were last year, but as we saw last year, that didn't help them when they needed it. Um, this is a great team, and I, I think, you know, even if they don't play well, Wilcox can keep them in the game, and then they'll take over. And so I think the Gophers will be there, and I think BC will be there, and the Gophers are going to take it. All right. Frank, you've been part of Gopher Hockey forever. When you were doing television, your season was pretty much over come the final five. You know, and you did a couple regionals, but that was it. So you never got to be part of those, uh, those, uh, those championships in 2002, 2003. But now you're on radio, and you had a little experience, you know, with the Frozen Four a couple years ago. Will you be part of a championship-winning broadcast? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> This is how I'm going to get you your prediction. Come on. Will oh, you be part wait. of it? No, but right. no, no, honestly, though, I mean, you've been part of the program. And, you know, when, it came, when, it, when, when you did TV for so long, it was, it was just that, that one thing you never could do. But now in radio, you kind of have that opportunity to do it again. Let's see. We're, I'm going to get my calendar out here. <laughs> All right. I will, the 15th of April, that's Tax Tuesday. I'll, <laughs> I'll still pen. That's it. I'll put it in ink. Uh, if you need me that night, I'll be here. <laughs> That's where the next one is. <laughs> uh, here's what I would, you know, hey, look, this is hockey, a one and done. You're a skate blade away yep. from losing, right? We know that. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the things that I don't like about one and done in hockey because as with, with basketball, you can't just say one shot, one off the iron, and that cost you the championship because you had 100 opportunities to score that night mm-hmm. or 50, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah, there were 50 scoring plays there. You can't blame it on that one shot, that one off the iron. Whereas in hockey, you don't you don't have that much. Uh, skate play can really just turn things around. But um, I haven't seen BC since they were here, so this is tainted. Um, but I would rank the teams: uh, Minnesota, BC, Union, and North Dakota, in that order, in terms of teams. Yep. Um, I, I don't. I mean, there's. I don't know when or where I've seen a team that's that plays um, a, as a team four lines deep. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that Gabe Gertler is just much a scoring threat as Kyle Rau is, um, or that Vinny Letary is is as impactful as Hudson Fashing. But when that line is out there, um, and Veed, you mentioned it, you know Connor Riley lifts that line. You can't. You got to pay attention to that line when they're out there. Well, they're not playing least. against the other team's number one line. They're playing against the other team's fourth line, usually. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they, they've, they've got opportunities there, and they, they're really they're better than most some teams' third lines. Anyway, so that's how I would rank them. You know, I'm not going to say that that's how they're going to finish because you, you just can't predict those kinds of things. But, the way, hey, look, we're You're coming You're just off not a rube like me. I'm gonna, I'll predict it. Sixth title coming this way, baby. <laughs> but no, look at this, though. I mean, think, think about it. BC had a one-goal victory against Maslow, yeah. right? Uh, not that, that Was that a better tune-up than our 4 nothing shutout over St. Cloud? 
Just I don't know. She wanted for a while. I don't know. It just, uh, but it, do, do I like where the Gophers are right now? Yes. Probably better than any other uh, semifinal uh, that I remember seeing. Mm-hmm. So you're getting all the Sioux fans all riled up that they that you hate them. Just having fun with you, Frank. Well, here's the thing. Every, everybody, <laughs> I'm sorry, every, breaking up. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you're breaking up. <laughs> Go ahead, I, Hammy. I think it's everybody just wants to be careful because we, you know, I think we have a lot of people who we've seen some of these situations where we feel confident and then the team Definitely. just doesn't show up for one reason or another. You know, so I think we're all just being a little careful because the reality is is that when you have these it's not like a seven game series, you know what I mean, where it's like if you screw up in one game, you can still recover because you still have, you know, you have to win four games to win the series. Here it can be, you know, you just have one bad period or even a five minute stretch of play or whatever and boom, you're done, you know. So I think that people are just being a little bit careful and not being too, you know, cocky about it. And uh, like I said earlier, I think that we have, you know, the kind of team that, you know, we should be favored, especially in our first game. But, um, you know, you can throw all that out when you have a rivalry, you know, game and you have goalies that can play out of their head. You just never know what's going to happen. So, well, I just mostly wanted to have fun with you guys. That's all that matters. Trying to get you to give up something, but you guys – Hey, I'll, all right, stuck I'll, close to it. Well, go ahead. I'll give you a hedge here. I'll give you a hedge. Uh, uh, at the beginning of the year, I would say don't ride your hopes on a freshman class. Freshman class has done us pretty pretty darn well this yeah. year. Um, but they're still, I mean, I know they're supposed to be playing like sophomores now, and I wouldn't trade a one of them. They're the best freshman class in the country. But they're still a freshman class, and I'll feel better next year when they're sophomores be pretty good next year too well (laughs) we hope uh, that people stay we we hope if they stay yes (laughs) well and i think people need to remember you know let's look before before the season let's go back and say okay we lost bukestad howla budish alt schmidt you know all these guys were big players you know big name players last year and if you had told your average gopher fan back in september okay you're gonna win the big 10 you're only going to lose what, you know, what we've lost seven games to this point, whatever it is, um, you know, and you're going to make the frozen four. And a lot of it's going to be with seven or so freshmen in the lineup on a nightly basis. I doubt many fans are going to complain too heavily, you know, even, no matter <laughs> what happens. I mean, you know, we all want to win the championship now that we're there, but no matter what happens in a week, you know, a week and a half, um, you know, they've had a hell of a year so. It's something to be happy about, and they have got most of that team is going to be back. So there's a lot to look forward to in the future as well. Knock on wood on that. Hopefully, that most of the team does come back. Cause well, I just always saw I had a question. I think somebody there asked. Was, you know, it, you know they, they, there was a couple on me. Todd Johnson, will we escape early departures? Steve Swags, do you see any of the non seniors on the current roster leaving after the season? You just didn't want to kill the groove of the final. I tried four, not but, to, but. Uh, yeah. Because it's always a possibility. You just never know. I, I think, you know, Lucia with, you know, recruiting the smaller type of forwards and your Kloos and your Gertler and and have, and that, what have you, they tend to stay around a little longer. You even look at someone like a Kyle Rao. A Kyle Rao um, small guy, probably going to play his four years. But then you've got big guys who could score, like Fashing, who's in danger of leaving early. Mm. Or no, I don't think or, 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 you not this early. No? Yeah, I don't. Well, you have to remember with Fashing, he's only eighteen. He doesn't even turn nineteen until July. So I mean, he yeah, basically, okay. you know, he's very young, and you know, I don't think considering his family ties here, and he was already gone for a couple of years out in Ann Arbor. I think you know part of the reason why he had such a resurgent year is you know he's back home, he's around his family and all that. So I don't think that he's going to be in any rush to leave. Um, I think the people, you know, people kind of think about Wilcox, you know, and worry a little bit. But my thought process is that I trust the the coaches on this. And when I look at what they've recruited, because they have a recruit coming in to replace Shabrowski, okay, but they don't have a backup plan for if Wilcox leaves because the two other guys that they got recruited as goalies, um, the soonest the one could come in is 2015, and the other is 2016, and so. 
trusting that the coaches are in communication with these teams, like Lucia seems to be, I don't think Wilcox is going to leave early. I think that if they were really worried about that, they would have recruited for it. And I, and I don't, so I'll trust that they're going to be correct on that one. Well, well, goaltenders are kind of a different situation anyway, unless things, well, unless things go bad. Well, typically they don't leave so, early. You, you, so, you saw a fra- somebody like Frazee leave early because, well, he had Kangas behind him and, he was starting to be, you know, what they would call a head case. But um, the but one the issue about a goalie, though, go ahead, Frank. The, one of the things about a goaltender, uh, when they look at him for the next level, is how many pucks is he seeing? Um, you know, a forty-game schedule here might not be enough for someone to just, you know, somebody may want to see him play more than forty games sooner rather than later. I don't think he's leaving, but. The, the fact that you can play more games in, in a minor league somewhere um, is a factor in a goaltender leaving, uh, the, I think. The other, one, the other question I think about when a player makes – well, money is one. And then what the other team needs is another. And I'm, I'm not into quite reviewing what the New York Rangers need or what Tampa needs or anything. Um, but that, th- those are factors. But the other thing that I look at is, is the guy dominating at this level. Is Hudson fashion, fashing dominating uh, games yet? Not quite, I don't think. Adam is. Uh, but let me, guys, let me ask you this. Is Brady Shade? I think Brady is dominating, but does he have anything to gain by staying another year? What do you think, I don't Vicks? know. Well, I don't know exactly what the situation is going to be with Brady Shea and Mike Riley. I think those are the two kind of question cases. I think those guys would be well served by coming back for another year but if minnesota were able to win a title this year you know mike riley's defense player of the year in the big 10 if they win the title coming back you know repeat hobie those are the kinds of things i don't know if those are things he's looking for um brady shea you know he's pretty nhl ready for his role um lucia talked a lot about his role on the world junior team and him finding that role and and really embracing that and delivering that for that team at that level. Um, so he's, he's had a real nice development year. I think the biggest thing with Wilcox is we did see Lucia get commitments at the end of February and the start of March, and if he doesn't sign with Tampa Bay this season, they lose him next year because he can be a free agent once, once the season's over and he you know, doesn't enroll in school and he gets to pick his choice. So I think there's going to be a lot of pressure if Tampa Bay wants him to sign. Well, here's the here's the one thing I would say to that. People assume that the player, if he goes back for that year, that he's going to for sure try the free agent route. That's not always the case. You know, a lot of times these guys, they just play that extra year and they end up signing with the team. You know, so it's not always they look for that loophole to get out of it. Um, but, I, I mean, I understand that thought process because it does happen, but I don't think it quite happens as often as people assume. You also have to look at depth charts when I mean, we kind of talked about that. I, and I looked at Tampa's, and they do have some other prospects in that position that, you know, they seem to have, at least in hockey's future, which I don't entirely buy into their whole rating process because I don't trust the people doing the ratings. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but nonetheless, I mean, they do have other prospects. So you kind of have to take that into consideration. And I like I said, I believe that if the coaches really thought they were going to, you know, had a legit chance of losing Wilcox, they would have – Brought, they wouldn't have uh, this Logan Halliday or whatever, I think that's his name. Um, he's not going to be able to come in until 2015 because he doesn't get out of school until then, you know, high school or whatever. So to me, it's like they don't recruit a kid like that if they're really concerned about Wilcox leaving because, you know, you're going to get caught with your pants down and, you know, mm-hmm. what are you going to have? So I, I just I just really believe that he'll be back just based on that alone. I mean, I just trust the coaches that much with that. Hopefully they're right. I mean, I'm assuming they'll be right, but. I think that's the, way, that's the way I look at it with the goalie position. All right, boys. I think it's time to wrap this show up. I need to go to bed. I'm tired. Sally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just I'm, I'm, still on, I'm still on Dominican time. So, oh, I'm back from, my skin is burning. <laughs> oh, no, that is true. Does that mean you need a gin and tonic stat? Oh, man, they were so good. So good. <laughs> All right, gang. Frank, thank you for being on the podcast again. I just... I just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
whatever that was. Yeah, he cuts, he cut, you cut off right at the end there. <laughs> That's perfect. Me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Well, remember, you could, you could follow Frank on Twitter, at MazPuck. Frank, you got to start using your Twitter more often. Oh, jeez. You do. You know, you, you ask for questions sometimes, then you're quiet a little bit, and then... I'm on the air coast to coast from 6 o'clock Friday till midnight Saturday. I'm kidding. <laughs> I say last, I'm on coast to coast midnight. <laughs> one, one last question for okay. Frank. Okay. Um, you had Jason Gonzalez on between the periods, I think, on Saturday night. And I caught part of the interview, but I didn't get the whole thing because I was doing some other stuff. But can you kind of talk about you know, how that came together? Did you do any you know, pre-interview prep for that? And how'd that go? Oh, with Jason or with his story about Ben Marshall? You were breaking up, and I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, but about the story of Ben Marshall and how he kind of was trying to put that together. And um, No, we that was not a pre-discussed, pre-arranged uh, question. Um, he did say that um, – I, I asked him what was the reporting like that went behind um, the story, and he told me that during the year he'd been talking to some guys and – talking as a reporter what you do is you try to get them to open up a little bit and and find that you are not a a threat to them in asking questions and would get some insight from the players during the course of the year on Ben Marshall I don't know that he actually nailed them with questions about um the uh the turnover uh in that semifinal game but he did get some feedback uh, as to Marshall's character and how they felt towards him and those kinds of things and then, then Ben Marshall, at least publicly stated through the U, declined uh, the interview to talk about it, uh, respectfully declined. And I'll trust him on that, too. And I, I don't know if he was willing to and the school wasn't or what the roles were, but that was the stated thing. And so then uh, Jason said then he just went and uh, talked to the coaches and got as many on-the-record comments that he could get and then built the story around it. Yeah, because it did seem Saturday and Sunday after both games that all all Marshall's teammates were stepping forward uh, to say how they're focused and how you know the upperclassmen had done a really good job of saying don't repeat this and don't put us in a position where it's kind of a a one play game. And I think that really contributed to their focus. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think they had Marsh's back. Um, he's he's a really well liked guy. Um, he's a class clown. He's he, he's the guy that. If I'm in the locker room, I'm not turning my back on him because, you know, he'd be doing the prank or something. So uh, he more Ambrose. But anyway, he's that kind of a guy. He's a great personality. Uh, He's a good leader because he he performs on the ice, performs in the room. And um, I don't think any of his teammates wanted him to get any more roasted. He took it bad enough last year. I I don't know that I've ever seen a player take it as bad as he did. Of course, that was a pretty glaring error. Well, it... It's the thing is, it happens to the best players. Little things, it all takes a little thing. I mean, it it just happens, and uh, I I certainly don't hold it against them. Steve Smith, Edmonton. I mean, <laughs> isn't that the own goal? That's the own goal, yeah. Oh, I mean, <laughs> crap happens, you know. Crap happens, yeah. It, it does, and you know what? You should always come back and say, you know what, you should not have been in that position in the first place. Same thing can be said when they lost to Holy Cross or whatever sure. it may be. You know what? Don't put yourself into a position where one small mistake that may not be a big deal in the you know in the whole game comes down and costs you in the end. So yeah, well, yeah, I, think I think that's the lesson they took out of it. I mean, yeah. yeah. And- and it's the attitude you have to take, I think, and that you know what I mean. I, the, that's the thing I always we talked about it in other weeks. That uh, you know, I, I'm the type of guy keep your foot on the gas. I don't give a damn what the score is, especially this time of the year. You know, don't become conservative and suddenly play the you know do the, the prevent defense and you know and not put the pressure on the other team coming out of their zone. You know, I still believe you keep playing exactly what got you there. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, you know, that's the lesson that maybe they learned last year is, you know, not to get too conservative and keep your foot on the gas. And that's what they did against Robert Morris, and that's certainly what they did against St. Cloud State. Even though we've said St. Cloud didn't bring their A game, the Gophers brought theirs and kept the foot on the gas till the final horn. Yep. That's what they got to do in the final four, too, in the Frozen Four. That's what they have to do. 
Well, we all hope that they do. Uh, well, like again, listen again. Thanks for joining us, Frank. My pleasure. Love to. Well, we, I got the 15th. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> if I get my <laughs> if you're on the 15th and we've won a title, you can come back and celebrate with us. Did I just invite myself in? Yes, you just did. And that's just fine. Because we'll, we, we, we'll always take you as the guest. Wait a minute. What if they don't win the title? Then you can come on and complain. Are you going to do a show that night? I just want we're you to doing do a wrap up show no matter what. Oh, okay. We're going to cry or we're going to or we're going to celebrate. Whatever. You know, as long as I don't list, lose to the, you know, the fighting who, that's all I care about. Cuz you know what, losing to them in a frozen fort, gosh, we got to listen to their stupid fans forever and uh, that's that's the worst. You know, no, they how, don't. you know how you know how their fans are, Frank. No, no they, they don't. Just love they have to listen you. to anything. Well, yeah. to listen to anything they do. <laughs> I don't. Oh boy, here we Just go. Just remember, the Red River flows north. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow Frank on Twitter at MassPuck. You can follow Hammy at Hammy Hockey. You can follow Vigo at Evigo. And of course, you can always follow me at GopherPuck Live or, if you want, my stupid personal account, Fat Planet. Yeah, I don't really tweet very much, though. So, oh well. But we will return in two weeks' time. Hopefully. NCAA champions. You never know. We just hope for the best. Uh, But until then, go Gophers. Gophers.